You're listening to Exploring Boys Education, a regular podcast produced by the International Boys Schools Coalition. I'm Bruce Collins, and it's a privilege again to be your host as we dive into the topics that are important for teachers and leaders in boys' schools and for parents of boys. We've packed so many great conversations into season two of this podcast. And if this is your first time listening to Exploring Boys Education, I want to encourage you to spend some time adding other episodes to your playlist. In this episode, we connect with colleagues around the world to speak about boys and sport. When I was still working in a boys' school, one of the favorite parts of my job was coaching a field hockey team. While I was never going to be a top-level coach for sure, there was something about stepping onto the field of play with my boys in the fourth team. In boys' school circles, we often speak about the power of relational teaching, and that engagement that I had, the time I spent on the hockey turf with boys, was a catalyst for connection that translated into the classroom space too. Before we dive into this conversation, however, Amy Ahart, my colleague and IBSC COO, joins me again to share some upcoming programs in the IBSC Newsreel. Thank you, Bruce, and hello, listeners. There are three programs I'd like to highlight in today's Newsreel. The first is our virtual annual conference, which will take place on June 9th, 15th, 17th, and 23rd. To make it more convenient for our global community to attend, We'll gather during our four 90-minute sessions, each hosted by a major IBSC region in its local time. Everyone who registers for the conference may attend all four sessions, including real-time engagement with colleagues and presenters with the live chat feature. If you can't fit a session into your schedule, don't worry. All attendees gain access to stream the sessions for a full year. While we'd love to be in person for this event, we couldn't be more excited about the virtual programming our regions are putting together. Visit www.theibsc.org. Also starting in June are three online classes for boys educators. Register now for one of the following. Boys and Belonging, Creating Inclusive and Affirming Schools for Boys. The Self-Motivated Boy, Developing Future-Ready Leadership in the Classroom. And Single Gender Education, A Course for Teachers New to Boys Schools. Visit our website for more information and to register. Lastly, our African member schools will be gathering in person in Cape Town in August for their IBSC regional conference. Colleagues in Africa, make sure to book your spot soon. Back to you, Bruce. I'm looking forward to hearing more from your guests as you speak with them about boys and sport. Thank you, Amy, for sharing about those programs. I'm looking particularly forward to those four dates on which we will get together with global colleagues for the virtual annual conference. Our conversation about boys and sport starts with Cronesson Woodley, a deputy head at St. Albans College in South Africa. Before becoming deputy, Cronesson's experience at St. Albans and many other schools was as a director of sport. Cronesson also recently facilitated the IBSC Ideas Lab about boys and sport. Joining Cronesson later in this conversation will be Joe Hackett, Director of Sport at the Loughborough Schools Foundation in the United Kingdom. Joe also participated in the IBSC Ideas Lab about boys and sport. 
Pranesan, we've, um, we've just finished up a three-session IBSC Ideas Lab with directors of sports and other sports staff from around the world. We had people there from Australia, Canada, South Africa, uh, the UK, and you facilitated that for us, which, is, which has been great. But what, what, what are some of the things that have really struck you from this opportunity to connect with uh, colleagues from around the world? It was a, a fantastic opportunity, I think more than anything, just to connect with people doing similar work in, in different parts of the world and, and understanding some of the successes um, that they've sort of seen through their programs and also understanding that there, there is a different way of doing things out there. I think that having these online conversations has given us more scope for for learning you know, from each other, where, as in the past, it was always thought that you had to visit the place to actually learn something. But I've really taken away some exciting ideas from that, but also, you know, met people now who might give me a bit different perspective on my thinking. I mean, it's certainly been fascinating to listen into those conversations and, and to learn from others. And one or two of those voices are going to pop up later in this episode as well, with their thoughts from, from different places in the world. Um, the one thing that struck me is what an integral part sports play in a boys' school environment and, and how you can't really divorce the two. One of our presenters, Craig Hoyer, spoke about the, the deeper connection that needs to happen between what we call the curriculum and what we call extracurricular. And, and I was fascinated by what, what, what he said. But I'd love to dive into, into your thoughts about the benefits in this context and from what you've heard from other boys' schools and your experience, your vast experience in boys' schools, what are some of the benefits you see for, for boys at a school like yours who participate in the, in the sporting life of the school? I think that it, it's, a, it's a really important question, but for me the question really has two parts to it. I think we almost have to separate the benefits of sport from the sport, if, if that makes sense, because obviously there's the sporting benefits. And there's this notion in South Africa that you can get into university and, and go further and, 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 and sport will open those gateways for you to achieve at a higher level. But then if we, if we put sport aside, and, and hence in my previous comment about, about what's the real reason we do it. And I think that's where the value needs to be placed in schools because that, that fits into what schooling or education is about and more people on the staff need to buy into that. So... What are the skills outside of sporting skills that are achieved, achieved through playing sport? Firstly, I think it gives boys an identity. Um, many boys will find academic things challenging from day to day. And boys are generally, you know, they, they'll work hard when they're motivated to, to do that. And I think sport provides that motivation. It, it provides a release. Um, it provides an opportunity for them to sort of escape the, the real world for, for a period of time and come back the next day really energized in, in the classroom. I think over and above that, it, it allows boys who, who struggle socially to interact because there's, there's a common thread if you play in a team, you know, that everybody's doing the same thing. It allows, you know, that, that static time I like to talk about to my boys, you know, in a sports team is that time when you're on a bus on the way to a fixture, you're forced to sit next to somebody and have that conversation. You know, you, you're forced to perhaps sit on the side of the field and analyze the game. Maybe it, it, it's counting numbers in terms of what the score is, what sort of 
um, how many points we need to score to level the game, how to manage time, um, how to work under pressure, you know, all those types of things that good coaches really emphasize in, in sports. So, so, you know, in a school environment, I think we need to speak more about the benefits that sport brings to boys as people rather than to boys as athletes, because, you know, boys need to understand what the ultimate goal of playing sport is. And, and I think that to make you a better boy in society is probably the ultimate goal because you can learn some really valuable lessons of, you know, winning teaches you some valuable lessons, losing teaches you valuable lessons. I mean, you know, we we had a game just this past Friday where my boys were 3-0 down and came back to level the game 3-all and then we lost 4-3 with, the, with a minute to go. And actually the game and the score wasn't really the talking point it was sort of how they were feeling after that and and then that's a way boys don't engage well emotion about their emotions but but after a sports game it seems like it's okay to engage about your emotions because I'm feeling some were feeling angry some were feeling upset some of the boys were blaming themselves because they were sort of the cause of the of, of the last minute to go that way the goalkeeper was in a different space and 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 boys were just learning to wrestle with emotion there and and really express that emotion to the team which i think boys don't do in other areas of the school you know you never get to that deep emotion in a classroom where boys really express the way they feel about a result or about the way something's gone. So I, I really think we need to start talking more about, about the benefits of sport to the boy as the individual. As I mentioned earlier, I was able to connect with Jo Hackett too and asked her to reflect on the benefits of sporting programs in boys' schools. Well, there's the obvious physical and skill-related benefits of participating in sport. However, um, I think that the main impacts, especially in today's society, are around the social and the psychological impacts and the benefits that this can have. Um, I would say, you know, from my experience and people I work with now, um, it's quite evident that boys especially have very high energy levels and a whole day inside can impact on this. They need an outlet for that energy and sport as I see it, is a safe and controlled outlet for their aggression, for their assertion, which in turn helps, I've noticed, helps reduce behavioural issues within school. Alongside this, I would say that boys, um, speaking as a female, I think I can probably say this, but boys are often naturally more competitive. And let's be honest, life is competitive. Um, and sport is a safe place for them to test and learn how to manage and to direct that competitiveness. It teaches them how to lose, how to respond to failure and how to respond to a challenging situation, how to be able to, um, you know, test themselves somewhere that it's safe, somewhere that actually the fear of failure is not going to be a massive impact. Um, alongside that, uh, I think, especially for boys, uh, a sport develops a real sense of discipline and a sense of um a bit of a hierarchy, if you like, with coaches and referees and how they have to respond to different people in positions of authority, um, as, and as well as how to direct their respect towards people and how how it's a, a way for boys to understand how you have to be able to earn respect. Um, I think sport gives boys opportunity to develop, you know, the obvious skills, you know, your teamwork, communication, working with others, um, the respect. It will help them to develop their self-belief and their self-worth and take them out of their comfort zones. A chance to test like leadership skills, which could be crucial for them in later life. 
Um, it's very unlike any other subject in school. The boundaries are removed and there's a chance to test, try something different. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, very, very, very important to help boys grow and grow in their understanding of themselves as they develop through their school life. It, as you've spoken, it's almost like you're 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 selling the obvious benefits um, for any school to have boys engaged in sports and for for that not to be sort of we often talk about extracurricular but in some of our conversations in the ideas lab program we've been talking about this integrated approach to seeing sports as part of the curriculum and adding to the curriculum rather than taking away and you know i think many boys schools are intent on developing the whole boy and you've outlined some of that now what what are your thoughts about some of the coaching philosophies as people approach coaching boys that that boys schools can adopt to make these things possible to to develop the whole boy to develop those things you were were talking about you know my experience today I would say that staff that I've worked with are very very good at coaching skill they focus on the sport topic um, and the activity and striving for results and the focus is not always associated with the whole boy and the wider concept and actually linked to that, I wouldn't say necessarily this is a philosophy, but I have introduced a program um, into all of my schools and we've called it um, the WELL program. Um, we, it stands for Wellbeing and Exercise for Learning Life Skills. And we've directed part of the idea of this concept is that we deliver the concept, we deliver the topics through sport. So if I gave you, an, for example, if the topic area was leadership, um, I would to, I would set my lesson out focused on leadership and I would use sport to deliver that concept rather than plan my session around um, what pass I was going to deliver in rugby or hockey or whatever. So, and like, so for example, another one would be like gymnastics. I would not plan a lesson on flight in gymnastics. I'd plan the lesson around risk taking and therefore use gymnastics as the medium to deliver a unit on risk taking. So, you know, and, and using sport, like I said before, you can take these boys out of their comfort zone. So I don't know if it's necessarily a philosophy, but it's a different way, a different approach to delivery. But what I would say, this is quite an unusual approach for a lot of sports teachers, especially very experienced sports teachers who have always focused on the sport and the content and on the result often. And in society at the moment, that is changing a little bit. But for me, I think as long as all the students are challenged and you have a full range and choice in your activities, opportunities for dis competition, but more importantly, the chance for boys to make their own decisions and to develop the ability for decision making. Your programme will develop and the boys will get quite a lot out of it. But it is very much, I think, about changing your delivery style. We have this conversation casually with, with many of the the sort of guys who are, are starting to, maybe I must call them middle-aged on the staff, you know, because you start out your coaching career and we really, I mean, we focus on winning. There's no doubt about that. You know, you, you sort of winning is part of our culture in South Africa. You know, that's what we want to do. But as you mature in, in the role of coaching sport and you start to see the add-on benefits of, of boys being involved in sporting programs. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, sort of trying to, to separate the sport from actually developing the whole boy. And, and that comes with maturity in the workplace. And I think far too often we think that students straight out of university coming into teaching have that natural ability. But I, th I don't think, I think it takes a good few years to really establish yourself as a, 
as a staff member who coaches first, because I think many guys coming out of university want to establish themselves as as coaches who, who can be reckoned with in, in, in the sort of top circles of coaching. And often that's at the expense of, of developing the boy because you're quite results focused and, and you want to win. But as you start to settle and you realize that sport's about a lot more than that and you're comfortable and, and we, we talk a lot about development of boys, but I don't think we spend enough time talking about the development of coaches. So when a coach feels comfortable with who he is as a coach, he's comfortable with his position, you know, he's, he's able to, to sort of separate the wins or losses from his own personality. I think then you're in sort of the maturity phase of your coaching career, when you, when you stand back and realize that actually the more... I can teach these boys about life through the medium of sport, the more they are going to value being involved with this. And again, we're playing the long game. We're not playing the short game. So yes, the short game is to obviously try and win and be successful this year. But the long game is for a boy to turn around in 10 years' time and he comes back to the school and say, you know, sir, I remember that conversation in a bus that, that we had about a game which eventually turned out to me talking about disappointment which led to speaking about disappointment in my family life, which meant, you know, I, I really started to, to to speak openly about things and I was able to to come forward with some things that were really bothering me. So, you know, to 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 mentor coaches to a point where they allow that open conversation, I think is important. I think we spend too much time on technical and tactical development of our coaches and not enough time on the emotional development um, of our coaches, which will in turn promote emotional development in boys. I suppose it has a lot to do with how we define a successful sporting program, isn't it? Yes. I mean, we could define a successful sporting program as winning, and I think the tension is here is schools with successful sporting programs are able to use that as a marketing tool. Yeah. But but I think what you're really talking about is that you know success is in that long game. You know, even as boys leave our schools, will they be resilient? Will we have developed their potential? Do they have confidence? Do they understand their leadership abilities? But but I'm wondering about this because I think a lot of schools wrestle with this and I picked it up in the Ideas Lab is there's this, often this tension between the elite athletes in your school and those boys who are participating and enjoying it. I think, you know, how... Where, where do we land as boys' schools? Do we focus on developing the elite athlete? Do we go for participation? Is it a balance of the two, or, or do we not even have an answer to that question? I, again, for me, it comes down to coaches' education and, and employing the right people who head up your programs, who understand that you, you know, the old adage that you're only as good as your as your as your weakest link, and and I, I don't like to use the word weakest, but but. When you, when you think back that maybe it's unique to a small school like, like ours where, you know, every boy counts. We, we can't afford to leave any boy behind. So if we're living that as a, as a sports staff and we're living that as a staff, we realize that it's just as important for the D-team player to have a positive sporting experience as it is for the first-team player to have that experience. Because the success of... of, of of sport, a sports program in schools for me, is where there's a culture of, of participation and a culture of passion for the program. So even if you're the under-14 D hockey team, you are living the success of your first team 
doing well on a Saturday. And there, what does that generate? It generates belonging, you know, and when you feel like you belong to something, you want to do it more often. And if that's your space where you belong, then boys will generally gravitate towards that space. So, you know, out of the ideas lab, some people spoke about competitions between sports in schools. And there's no doubt that that boys gravitate to sports where they feel like they can make a difference. Do you know, this is the biggest challenge that I think every director of sport faces. So a school is judged on their sporting prowess by their results. So ultimately, your teams need to be performing well. However, that doesn't take into account the child, and in, in this instance, the boy. And it doesn't take into account that are you hitting every single student? The, the the big dilemma for every director of sport is the elite versus sport for all, because ultimately, especially in independent schools in the UK, you have to hit both of these and nobody has a the magic solution to this yet. And everyone, every person is trying to find it. It would be great if there was some sort of secret sauce, isn't it? <laughs> you know, if there's a secret formula, it would be amazing. I, I would be, you know, you could be the richest person on the planet if you had that. Yeah. Anyway, it is um, my belief at the moment, you know, and I think this has always been my belief since since I became a PE teacher, that every school must cater an offer for the elite. But I have to be honest, I hate the phrase elite because I don't think that school is about elite athletes and the elite develops as you leave school and as you... Um, Uh, and has developed, to be honest, out of school. But you have to have a program perhaps for, I don't know, your high-level athletes or your aspiring elite or something along those lines. Um, But more importantly, you have to have a a sport for all program. Um, Boys more than girls, in my experience, will go to an activity they want to go to. And their key aim, and for me, my key aim ever since I graduated, is to instill a love of sport and activity in every single student. So I think that has to be at the forefront of any decisions that you're making, particularly with regard to school, because you need those students to carry on when they, you know, to have that healthy, active lifestyle. And, and that is my job, to find a way to engage every student so that when they leave school, they will continue in whatever the activity may be. Now, for some, it will be going on to perform at an elite level, but for some, it might be playing badminton once a week at the at the local sports hall or learning to use gym facilities so that they can go and access that and produce their own uh, exercise programs and and you know keep themselves healthy and active. I mean, and and, and let's be let's be honest, Joe. Then, I mean, if you look at the research, the number of schoolboys who actually go on, even the the ones who are really good at sports at school. There are so few of them that translate that into a career in sports. It's so, so, the numbers are so low. I think school focus has to be sport for all. And it's up to, you know, your, your governing bodies and your agencies, your clubs and your, your um, elite structure within your country to develop the elite pathways. Um, schools are there to inspire they're there to start the journey for everybody, to ignite the fire for the activities. And therefore, you've got to have such a breadth of opportunity because the boys choose. They don't play rugby because they have a compulsion anymore. They will play rugby if they want to play rugby. The same with hockey, the same with football. And so you have to have an offer for everybody else. And this is something that I am really working on at the moment with with them um, at the grammar school. I think naturally sports teachers by their nature are competitive people and they want to teach their teams and they want to coach the highest standard they can coach and they often 
focus on that top 5% of boys within a school. And those 5% of boys will respond. They'll be at every training session. They'll work so, so hard. And actually, that's an easy bit of our job. The hard bit is the 5%, you know, who really hate any form of activity and getting changed and doing anything is the least thing they want to do. So it's so important not to hit that, just focus on that 5% because that's the ones who are going to get your results and that's where you get your marketing material from. You've got to focus on the the, the other 95%, if you like, and making sure that everybody looks at sport as a, as a means to a healthy future. Cronesson, I think you've probably heard this, um, this clip, but Eddie Jones, the head coach of the England national rugby team, um, has the following to say about teachers as coaches as opposed to employing professionals in school sports. One of the problems we've got in sport at the moment is that we've got a lot of kids now not being taught by teachers sport. They're being taught by ex-players. And I think it's a, it's a fundamental flaw in education. You need, you know, kids need to be taught um, and they don't need to be coached at an early age. Um, and we're, we're trying to turn high school teams into high-performance teams where they should be just development teams. You know, in your experience, what is the value of teachers as coaches uh, in boys' schools? Is it important to, to balance teachers as coaches with more professional coaching staff, or, or is the aim to equip teachers to also be coaches? Bruce, again, I think it, it's a balance. I mean... I really believe in the philosophy of of having teachers who are coaches. Uh, I just think it's it's not comparable, you know, in terms of having players as ex players as coaches. When if we look at the real value of what sport is supposed to bring to boys, what sport you know, if we speak about separating the sporting skill from the actual life skill that you learn in sport, then we have to look at educators being involved. And I'm not saying that there's no room for the for the ex-professional to be involved, but the levels are different for me. I think that if you do have ex-professionals involved in your program, they need to be complemented by a teacher who's managing the team. Or because I, I do think, and, and and I've had experience of this across the across the board, that that there is something that boys value about having a person who stands up and perhaps teaches them maths or they can relate to in the classroom, then seeing those people in a different context in the afternoon, boys start to realize that that if your teachers are rounded, we speak about selling a rounded education. You know, you can't you can't have a rounded education and then only have experts in the sporting field or experts in the academic field because where's the role modeling for this roundedness, you know? So I really think there's a good balance between the professionals. And, and yes, you know, when you're talking about an elite level, we do want to prepare boys for the next phase and there are boys in our institutions who do want to make sport a career. Maybe not playing, but coaching or commentating or there are many careers in sport these days. So so you need to look after them. But I think that's a supplement a supplement, you know, of the people with the expertise, but the 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 sort of go to or the standard for me should be that educators are involved with with coaching sport. Paul Strang, director of sport at Westlake Boys High School in New Zealand, shares a lovely anecdote about a teacher coach at his school. When he started coaching, they just saw a totally different side of him. And he saw leadership and he saw strengths in them that he could then in the classroom, he said, hey, I saw you you showing some leadership on the rugby field. How about you become one of our class leaders? 
and suddenly this kid wasn't back corner anymore trying looking at his watch you, you know and so I think those little things and and it'll be different for every coach but the role of a teacher coach and even if it's someone who just rinses and repeats every year he has the same class every year and then new kids come in and he just runs the same model you know that that's what it needs to be I've been fascinated by the conversations with sports and athletics staff that I've been part of, both for this episode of Exploring Boys Education and the Ideas Lab program we hosted. It's been absolutely amazing too to hear how schools globally have managed, despite COVID restrictions, to keep boys engaged in physical activity. Moreover, I've been reminded of why sports and athletic programs are a key part of boys' schools. I'm sure you would agree the health benefits are obvious, but the host of skills developed in the process are also key. Athletic programs in boys' schools are about developing the whole boy, which really speaks to the vision and mission of many of our schools. Sports also lend themselves to relational teaching and can give boys the space to be more vulnerable than they might be elsewhere. As a result, sports can affirm boys and give them an opportunity and a space to belong. Lastly, I've become keenly aware of the wonderful people, both educators and athletic staff, in IBSC schools who run amazing sports programs for boys. Cronesson and Joe, who contributed to this episode, are two of those people, and I am really grateful for their time, expertise, and input. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I'd like to encourage you to feel free to share exploring boys education with colleagues and parents at your school we want these conversations this one and others that we've had in season one and two to be a resource for all who can benefit from the insights shared by our guests but for now until our next episode keep safe and well